Hello, everybody. I'm Monsio, my wife Evelyn. We are so happy to be here to share the word of God with all of you and join us in worship to our Lord. Okay. Uh, just a little housekeeping item. Uh, after this uh, message, when we do conversations, prayers, counseling, or healing prayers, I may wear my mask because, you know, we have a lot of international travels. We understand the restrictions with border controls and all that, okay? Shall we all stand to read the Word of God from Mark chapter 4, verse 21? And there are just a few verses. Shall we read together from verse 21? Also he said to them, Is a lamb brought to be under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor any has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Verse 26. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. For when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. We pray, Lord, we pray for harvest. We thank you, you already harvested us. We thank you, you're here. You're here with us. And we pray for more harvest to go out from here, from our individual families, from our lives, to reach to the people around us. Because your son died on the cross for all of us. So we pray for your message to go forward, your light to shine from within our lives, from this church, to the neighborhood, to the nation around us. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Jesus gave many parables. It's very interesting. And to some people, it's hard to understand. That's why the Bible says, listen with your heart, with all your mind, trying to understand what he's saying to us. And some people will never understand. But we can understand. We want to make the God's message to be understood by the people around us. Now, there are two parables in today's message. The first one is about the light. The second one is about the seed. I want to make clear that we are all light. We are all containing the seed. Because in the seed, there is life. In the light, Jesus is the light. We are the light. We will go through these simple verses. We will understand them better by the end of this message, I hope. What is the purpose of light? Light is most needed when it's in the darkness. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, immediately you see 
God created the light so we can see. Now, if you go to the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, you know, in the New Jerusalem, there's no light. You don't need an electrician anymore, right? Because Jesus is light. In the meantime, between the Genesis and the Revelation, the church is the light. We are, the believers are the light. So the purpose of the light is to shine in the darkness. Are there darknesses around in your life? Well, let the light shine. Let the word of God shine. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you the darkness in our life. And the turn off, turn on the light. And the dark, you know, there's no defense of the darkness. When you turn on the light, immediately the darkness disappears. Immediately. There's no defense. So, the light is something that we all can enjoy, that we all can appreciate. But some people may not have the privilege, you know, to see the light. They are in the darkness or they are physically handicapped. I had a chance uh, one year to witness uh, to a middle-aged young woman. And, you know, she, I have their back, back problem. And I went to this place in the subway in a city in Taipei. Uh, train station, and you know, she used the elbow, just walk on my shoulder for a short time, and I talked to her. And amazingly, this young woman, blind, completely blind, she was able to speak five languages in Taiwan. I was really surprised. And I said, really? I said, uh, why you, you are blind? She said, you know, when I was a teenager in school, Miss Mosquito infection caused the blindness. I said, oh, really? That's sad. You know, it's terrible. I, my, my, my heart just went out to her. I said, wow. And it's very hard for a blind person to make a living, right? So I said, you know, suddenly, God just gave me the inspiration, you know, out of the compassion for her. I spoke to her. I said, you know something? I'm a Christian, all right? And if you believe Jesus Christ... I never say that to anybody, but that day just happened. I say, if you believe Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, not only He will forgive your sins, but one day when He comes, you will see Him with your eyes. And she thought I was joking. I can see again. I say, yes, yes, you will see Him with your eyes. Oh, I think at that point, the Spirit of God touched her. She said, well, if that is true, I will believe, you know, so it was a short conversation. And two years later, I went to the same train station again. And, and she couldn't see me. Um, you know, someone, I said, you have a lady here can speak English. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, so I went over there. I said, hey, do you remember me? I talked to you two years ago that about Jesus. You know, in, in between these two years, she must have treated many, many people, right? And right away she says, you know, of course she couldn't see me. She heard my voice and mentioning about the conversation two years ago. She said, yes, there, you are seated there. Can you imagine? She could remember why I seated two years before. I, I didn't remember. She did. So again, she, she used the elbow to walk on my back. I said, do you still believe in Jesus? She said, yes. I said, you sure? Yes. She was so sure. And I'm sure she is waiting for that day when Jesus comes. She can see Jesus face to face, eye to eye. 
And that's our glorious hope. And I want to ask all of you, while we're still living, what is your hope for tomorrow? What is your hope for next year? Do you have a goal in life? For her, she is waiting for that day. She can see Jesus. Nothing more important for her. But for the day, she says, I will see Jesus. Now, do we have the same desire that we want to see Jesus one day? Or are you busy with your studies, with your hobbies, or with your certain undertakings and put Jesus behind? You know, I only see Jesus on Sunday. And I, I see him sometime. But for that woman, because she has no hope in this life, and she wants to see Jesus showing up anytime. I hope we all have that desire to see Jesus, to have that desire in us and be ready for his visit one day, because the day will come very soon. And here we read, listen with care. What is hidden? Because a parable, if you don't pay attention, you know, you don't understand. And here the scripture taught us to pay attention. It is important. You know, God takes us, takes us very seriously. In the book of Malachi, the last book in Old Testament, he mentioned when you and me are talking, singing the name of Jesus, you know, the Bible says God listens. When we are talking about Jesus, what God has done for us, we're sharing stories, sharing testimonies. The Bible says God listens like this. Not only it will be reported, written down, that today we have this fellowship. Today we talk about what Jesus done in our lives. But God goes like this. God listens like this. Incline his ears. If God takes us so seriously, shouldn't we take God seriously as well? Shouldn't we also listen with this? What the God is speaking to us through the scriptures today. Well, the Bible here we learn also about receiving and measurement. What does that mean? Well, there are two different interpretations by the same meaning. Today when we are sitting here attending a service, do we come with an open heart? You know, do we come with an open mind to listen, to anticipate with hands going like this, to receive what God has going to give you. Are you coming like that? If you do, come with anticipation. Alright? With that, arms open, and God will fill you, your vessel to the full. If you come with a mind like this, you will receive little. And uh, the, the frightening thing is this, God gives us a warning. <laughs> if we receive this much and not growing and that might be taken away. So that's a warning. But if we come with great anticipation, God, I want you. I want you to feel me. Give me more understanding. Give me more your wisdom. Give me more of your teaching. If we come with great anticipation, God will just multiply his blessing upon your lives. Are you spending time on a daily basis to reflect what's, what has happened to you? Because, you know, our God does not rest. He doesn't need to take a nap. He doesn't take vacations. And He is working every day for your good, for my good. God has a purpose in all of our lives. God is a creative God. God gives you new insight every day. Are you listening? 
Are you watching what is happening around you? You know, we were supposed to go back from Singapore May the 22nd to Taiwan. And suddenly we got a call from the mission pastor. And he says, Mosio, uh, do you want to go to Thailand? I said, what? You know, I wasn't prepared. And so we went back and prayed, thinking, what a coincidence. The timing is perfect. June, the month of June. And we ended our ministry in Singapore, May the 22nd. There was a week we could prepare. So to me, wow, God has prepared. He, he's the best scheduler. You know, I was working in the factory many years in my life. I'm an engineer by training. And I learned years ago, you know, in the factory, the most difficult job is not production, it's scheduling. How do you schedule the activities? Because there's so many things going on. And for a long time, we knew God is the best scheduling person. And He scheduled our lives. He scheduled the future. You know, He scheduled everything. And if we pay attention, uh, we will follow God closely. If we don't pay attention, we'll miss the train, miss the bus. And of course, you can report the bus, but you'll be late. So today, I'm reminding ourselves, what is your preparation? What is your anticipation? How big is your God? How important is His involvement, His plan for your lives every day? And there are a few scriptures, uh, if you can uh, see the bulletin, uh, in John uh, chapter 8, verse 12, it says, I am the light of the world. That's Jesus speaking. He is the light. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus is the light. And if we follow him, we will be in the, in the light. We will not be in the darkness. Are there darknesses around the world? Yes. We have pandemic going on. Singapore government two days ago just issued a warning that they are preparing for more hospital beds. Why? They are anticipating the next wave to hit Singapore in a month. That, I say, oh my, it's not ending, right? And then you see the wars, right, in Ukraine. And the big brother nation, Russia, has issued several threats. So they say we are going to press the button. <laughs> you know what button is for? For, for nuclear war, you know. <laughs> but, you know, but God will say, hey, wait, I'm in charge, not you. <laughs> you may have your finger there, I'm going to hold your finger. God is in charge of schedule of this world. So, you know, when you have fear, uncertainties, trust God. He is in charge of the history. Not only your life and my life, He is in charge of the, world, the whole world. So when we have fears, we turn to Him, and He has the answer. So the world has a lot of darkness. But do you know something? Now out of the darkness, when it is the darkest, the light is shining. Right? In the 60s, there was cultural revolution in China. My pastor, uh, a Chinese pastor, was in jail three times during the cultural revolution. All the schools shut down, all the governments shut down for 10 years. Can you imagine a big country, the government shut down for 10 years, all the schools shut down for 10 years? It happened in China. Many, many people suffered. Many people died. And my pastor was in jail three times because of the faith. The third time was life imprisonment. But she went into jail 
she transformed the jail. You know, that's interesting, right? See, the light shines in the darkness. Isn't it true? Now, there was this cultural revolution in China. There was a cultural revolution in America. Hippies in the 60s were very powerful. But out of the hippies movement, uh, some hippies became Christians. And we know the history of Curry Chapel, Pastor Chuck, and the hippies got together. And some of the hippies were, you know, uh, became Christians. And they worked together, right? From 1965 to now, uh, there are 1,800 Calvary chapels around the world. And my school, uh, Harvard Bible University, being around for 27 years, and what happened in 27 from Los Angeles, a city I wouldn't go in easily because it's terrible. It's a lot of crime there, right? We, we live in Los Angeles for 40 years, but in the suburb, not in the city. And it's frightening. And what happens? That university has expanded to 101 locations in 31 countries in 26 years, 26, 27 years. And I received a school report recently that uh, a man in the maximum security, two life terms plus 10 years. I don't know why he did, but you know, it's not easy to do, do that, right? You get two, two life sentences plus 10 years. But he became a Christian in jail. And he went to the school by, I don't know how, maybe through internet, his life was changed. So much so, the jail says, okay, we're going to let you out. You know, he said, well, I don't really want to go. I want to help the inmates. And 3,000 inmates attended the school. 3,000 in jail. See, the darkest place, the light shines. So friends, brothers and sisters, if you think you're in a dark environment, you have problems, your family, your job, your community, your street, hey, you are the light. And there's no darkness can resist light. So that's the gospel truth. That's, that's God's promise. That's what God is doing. The light is Jesus Christ, the gospel. It's, you just carry the, carry the candle. You know, you carry the torch. It's the light. It's, it's Jesus Christ. It's not you. So don't worry. Right? You just be faithful, holding the word of God, your faith in Jesus Christ. A God will do the work. And that happened all over the place. Well, I remember if you um, have done your Bible studies, the church of Corinth, uh, in Paul's time, it was a city uh, prosperous. A lot of commerce was going on. People were making money. But at the same time, as a lot of idol worshipping. Now, if you think you're in a place with a lot of idols around, Corinth was as bad. You know, a lot of prostitution, a lot of illegal things going on. But Paul was sent by God to Corinth. So you read the book, Corinthians, the first and second Corinthians. So there are a lot of these examples. All right? God is the one going to shine in the darkness. Remember that. We just have to carry the, carry the lampstand going around. So, brothers and sisters, let us be encouraged. If you think you're in a dark place, and God is our work. And of course, the verse after that, from Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world, a city that is on the hill. And we are the light. The church 
is a city on the hill. And we pray God's kingdom will expand from this church to the environment around us here, to your neighborhood, to your relatives, to your friends, to your schoolmates. You can do that because God wants to do that. You just allow God to do that in your life. It will be done. Your eye is the lamp of your body. Where your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. True. Okay? You have to fix your eyes on Jesus. On the days you know Jesus coming back soon, you will fix your eyes on Jesus and your eyes will be clear. Your focus, what is your focus? It's not the next promotion, the next house, the next car. You fix. God knows what you need. You know, I reflect my life. God pro- provided more for my need. Never fail me. God cares for you. God is a big God. He has a big heart. He will provide for your needs. But often, we say, we can do better than God. Let me do it. Well, you go ahead and do it. You will suffer. But God has a better plan for you. God will provide the best for you. He will never fail. So we got to clear, we got to focus our, our eyes on Jesus and He will take care of you for sure. And then this section has got the last verse here. Have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will be revealed. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. God value us, all of us. God really value us. You think you love your kids? You think you love your grandchildren? Well, God's love for you is greater than your love for anybody that you think you're doing. So God really loves us. He values us a lot. Okay? And this verse says to us a very interesting thing. It also says some people, they can fake it. You know, they pretend to be nice people. They pretend that they are the national heroes. Right? Maybe they even believe in their own lives. You know, they really think, you know, I'm the national hero. I'm going to save the nation. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They even believe that themselves. But people are easily deceived. We, I, I don't want to mention the nations. You, you think back. How many national heroes, when they first started, they say, I'm going to save the nation from economy. I'm going to save the country. We're going to make the country great for a thousand years. But what happened after soon afterwards? The disasters happened. You know, Chairman Mao, uh, Adolf Hitler, many others. And they believe in the lie and they proclaim the lie and the soon it will be revealed. You know, you talk about the revelation, and many of us believe in the uh, rapture, right? Do you know the meaning of rapture? When Jesus comes, and he is going to scoop all the believers, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he is going to take you up to heaven in the cloud. And then the seven years of tribulation will come on earth. All right? I think you are nodding your head, right? You heard that before. So during these seven years, the first half, that is three and a half years, there will be a charismatic leader. He is going to do great signs. The whole world will say, wow, look at him. 
He is so smart. He is going to give us revival. He is going to give us solve our economy problems. You know, he's got all these answers. That people will bow down to him, right? We read about that. And after three and a half years, what happened? And he suddenly says, "Hey, listen, you guys, I am God." Oh man, you don't believe me? He's going to put you in jail or cut off your head. And that's what the Bible says. See, this guy in the first three and a half years, he can re- deceive many, many millions of people everywhere. But of course, we believers, we will not be deceived. We are caught up in the cloud with Christ. So, folks, we the Bible says we are like sheep. Sheep not so smart. We we think we are smart, but we are sheep. We are not so smart. We can be easily deceived. Okay. So we, I, I, I hope and I pray, none of us will be left on earth when the rapture happens. Okay. I, I, I want to make clear, all of us understand that you prepare yourself, right? When the rapture, when Jesus comes again, and He is going to take the believers to the cloud. And I pray all of us will be taken up. You don't want to be left behind here. Because when you left behind here, you'll be deceived by the Antichrist. And that day will be terrible because you go through tribulation, terrible things. Uh, there are Bible scholars, I read many years ago, saying during that seven years of tribulation, two nuclear wars happen in, in, on earth. Millions and millions will die in every city. Okay, it is written by reputable Bible scholars. We, none of us want to be here. Okay, we want to be raptured, taken up all of a sudden in the cloud to be with Christ. Now the second parable is a seed. Is a seed, growing seed. Why are we given this parable? Now, we understand the farmers, they plant the seed, they water the seed, and then the seed will grow into different plants. So there are many things you can learn. If you plant an apple seed, you will not grow oranges, right? But if you can, let me know. I'll be interested to learn from you. It's true. If you plant the wrong seed, you harvest the wrong fruit. That's a, there's a formula in there. You cannot change it. So it's very important what we do. Because if we do the wrong thing, the consequence will happen. Right? You plant the right seed, you grow the right tree. The Bible says that when you sow the seeds, the seeds will grow. But you don't know how the seed will grow. The Bible tells us. I want to quote a scripture. If you see uh, somewhere down in the middle of the bottom, I planted, who is the I? In First Corinthians, Paul was saying, Apostle Paul, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So someone planted church here, and someone else come to preach, or Sunday school, teaching the Sunday school, and then your life changed because you listen to the word of God, which has life. You know, little by little you learn, and uh, you grow. Right? The fruits will come out, the good fruits will come out. And what is causing that is God, the Holy Spirit teaching you and reaching your lives. 
So that's why it says here, very important, no one preaching or the Sunday school or the one who started the church received the glory. It's God himself should reach the, receive the glory. Who is causing the growth? It's God himself. So I just want to share with all of us here, remember that when you grow, of course you thank your pastor, you thank your teachers, you thank your uh, whoever helps you, the people who sing here, they all help. But the one causing you to grow is God himself, the giver of life causing you to grow. And when you grow, and you one day, uh, I'm quoting the scripture here, who is the Lord of harvest? And are you ready for the harvesting? You know, when you grow, one day I talk about the end time, the rapture. You know, that day when Jesus Christ comes again, and we will be harvested, we will be taken up in the cloud. And that the people are not taken up in the cloud. On earth, they will go through terrible seven years tribulation. That's like a judgment. You don't want to be here. And you are here, and you may say, oh boy, I remember that uh, Singaporean pastor Mosio told me, boy, but I didn't make up my mind. I'm left behind here. Oh, oh. You know, and uh, okay, now I want to believe. But you know something? If you make a decision at that time, after the church is taken up into the cloud, rapture, you stand the risk of your head being cut off. That's in the Bible. Your, someone will come along and cut off your head. Say, hey, you want to believe in Jesus? I cut off your head. So remember, this is all true. So you remember, one day there will be harvest. The Holy Spirit will come, will take us to heaven. And those people staying behind, they will go through terrible time. So the judgment can come if you see in Joel chapter 3, verse 13. Put in the shikle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in, thread, for the wine press is full. The vets overflow, for their evil is great. Why does God want to punish the world? Because the evil is great. God cannot stand evil. God's Son came so that we can be saved. God has given His best gift, His only Son, Jesus, Beloved son, beloved son, Jesus, Jesus died on the cross. Who will die for you? God's son died for you and me. Right? God has done his best. Now he will punish the evil. So you don't want to be around when that day is coming, when the evil is punished. The good news is, if you see the last verse here, then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and a tribe and a language and people. Revelation chapter 14, verse 6. God will send an angel go around the whole earth. The Holy Spirit is calling people, hey, repent, come to Christ, repent, the time is coming. You have to make your decision. God will not force us only the devil will force you. Devil will twist your arm. Alright? He's very good at that. He will threaten you. He will seduce you. He will do all that. The devil will do that. He will tempt you. But our God will never. He will send His Holy Spirit. Gently. Holy Spirit is a gentleman. 
you know, he speaks to you, not you, try to touch you, make you understand, you know, very, Holy Spirit is very patient. Hey, come, come this way. You will not be destroyed. Come, follow me. You know, he will not you. He will touch you. That when we sing hymns, do you not feel your heart is very warm? See, Holy Spirit is working. You feel so good when you sing praises. So the good news is this, the angel, the Holy Spirit will move you towards him because God wants us to be close to him. Just like you have little children, you, you're going out, you, you want the children to be staying close to you, you don't want the children running around in the street to hit by a bus. So God wants to watch over us. He knows our weaknesses. He knows we can be easily deceived. He knows we can be easily tempted. This is, you know, in the history, in your own life, we know that to be true. So God is sending His Holy Spirit. Say, come, this is the right way. Come, come, and close, staying close to Jesus. Staying close to Jesus. You know, there's a saying, <laughs> Chinese saying, if you see a stream, a little river, right? The fish, live fish, always swim against the current, right? A live fish will always go this way. If the water goes this way, you see the fish always go this way. Now, if you see something going this way, that's a dead fish. <laughs> you either go this way or, or go down this way. You know, so remember, if you want to be alive, you go with God. If you don't go with God, you go down that way. So it's like a warning. It's also like encouragement. Because you don't go on your own. God will help you. He knows what you can do. He knows what you cannot do. And He is going to help you. He knows your weaknesses. So today I share with you uh, some of the examples. And, and I also want to encourage some of you who may be interested in ministry. But I want to give you a life story. In a hotel, uh, we checked in Singapore. And this Muslim guy by the name of Rahman, uh, he is a porter man in the front of the lobby. And when we arrived, you know, he took our luggage and uh, into the room. So I, I come to know him. And I, there are several of them, right? There's like three or four porters in the entrance of the hotel. And I just felt I need to talk to this guy. You know, he wasn't because handsome or something, but he's in the 50s. I just felt I need to talk to him. So I say, hey, Raman, how are you doing? You know, he says, well, I, I don't feel so good. I say, what's wrong with you? He says, I have gastric problem. You know, my stomach hurts. I say, okay, uh, I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you? You know? He says, well, okay, I guess, no harm. <laughs> so I say, come, I pray. I put my hand on, the, on his back. But before I pray, I say, you know, uh, at the end of the prayer, if you agree with what I say, you have to say amen. He said, what is amen? Amen means you understand, you agree, okay? He said, oh, okay, okay. Anything you can do to help me, I will say. So I put my hand on the back, his, uh, on his back, and I pray for him. I say, Lord, you know, touch this man. Make him well. He was so hard. He has a gastric problem. Heal him. So I pray. And uh, I say, in Jesus' name, amen. And he didn't say anything. I say, hey, didn't I tell you to say amen? He said, okay, amen. You know. So, okay, we went to our room. Next day, I went downstairs. I saw him. I said, Raman, how is your stomach? Better today. 
Oh, I was happy, right? So I went back to the hotel room. I talked to Evelyn. I said, you know, that guy says he's improved. I said, hey, we better take this seriously. We better, in our room, pray for him, you know, to make sure that he improves continuously. So I, we pray. Say, God, we pray for this man, Raman. And he says better. But God, you have to honor our prayer. Uh, continue to make him better every day that he may have more interest and believe in your name, Jesus. So we hold almost like we are moving, twisting God's hand. Say, God, you have to do this. <laughs> we cannot do this. So next day we go down, say, Roman, how you feel today? He say, yeah, better. Oh, <laughs> so very happy, you know. And so we were leaving the hotel to another place. And the last day I saw him, of the, the first trip, I said, Roman, you need to pray to Jesus yourself. Because I'm leaving the hotel, I can't pray for you every day. We will pray for you, but you got to pray for yourself. And he looked at me, I can? I said, yes, you can. Just repeat what I said in the prayer. You you pray. So we left. Then we went back to the hotel. Raman, how are you today? He said, oh, you know, I think he improved so much you forgot about prayer now, right? You look at me. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I think, okay, okay. You know, <laughs> I said, don't forget, pray. God will listen to your prayer. But I wasn't sure where he, whether he was praying. You know, because when people have no more trouble, they forget about God. It's all human nature. All of us are the same, right? When we are in trouble, we are in pain, we pray a lot. But when we are happy, man, we, we are lost. We don't need God, right? So Roman is no exception. You know, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but he is like us. So the second trip, we went back to the hotel, uh, check into the hotel again, and we were leaving. I said, Roman, um, I want to pray for you again. We are leaving. Uh, let me pray for you. He said, okay. So I put my hand on the back of his head, uh, of his back. I said, Raman, we pray. So we pray. You know, after prayer, he, I tell you the truth. I got to be frank. Before that day, I didn't see him for a number of days. He worked different shifts. So I couldn't see him until the last day. It happened. He changed his shift time. I was able to see him. So I pray for him. And, you know, he's, he was different. He was happy. He said, Doc, when you come back, can I invite you for coffee? Do you drink coffee? I'm not very much a coffee man. I said, yeah, yeah, we drink coffee. And he said, oh, he's happy. Then he said, in fact, uh, do you eat Indian bread, roti prata? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, okay, I will invite you. I pay, okay? I will pay. Uh, we eat Indian bread, Lottie Prada. I said, okay, sure. You know, at that time, a few other people come by his co-workers. And he began to tell the others, he prayed for me. You know, he began to witness. I, I, I don't know how much he had Jesus in his heart at that point. Only God knows, I don't. But he's in telling others, this man, he prayed for me, I'm better. He gave testimony the day we walk out of the hotel, come into this place. I say, oh my, God taught me a lesson. Never give up. You don't know what is growing at night. Today's lesson, the sea grows at night. When you are sleeping, the sea is growing. 
So the one who caused the seed to grow is God. We do not give up. We pray for our relatives, for our friends, for your neighbors. Keep on praying. Lift them up and hold Jesus accountable. God, you say this, whatever we agree on earth, two or three among us, you on us or prayer in heaven. Hold God accountable to his word. He is holding us accountable. We are partners with God. You know that? So, brothers and sisters, I want to give you a message today. Do not give up on your family, your friends, your colleagues, whoever. Keep on praying. And God, in due season, will show you what he has done in the, when you are sleeping in the dark. Shall we bow our heads? Jesus is not the fourth prophet, not one of the prophets, but the only beloved son of God, co-creator of the universe, the coming king, your and my Lord, redeemer and a savior, one who decides your future, one draws you here today, one who forgives your sins, past, today and the future. One who is the rewarder of your faith. One who helps you in your life journey. One always loves you and keep you close to Him. One that we will meet as we sing today in our songs face to face one day. By today's message, I encourage you to make a fresh commitment, determination to walk closer to your Lord and Savior. There's no standing still in the kingdom of God. I'd like to invite anyone today make a fresh commitment to follow Jesus. You raise your hand. Not to show me, to show your dedication. I want to follow Jesus because he is the real king. He determines my future. You have that in your heart today. You raise your hand. Anybody make a fresh dedication. I understand the message what God is speaking to us. I want to be sure I'm going to be in his kingdom. Anyone? Raise your hand. But it's not important you show me your hands. You show God your determination. Because there's only one God. There's not one million gods, as some religions say. And He is your maker. He is your destiny. Father God, we'd like to thank you for today's worship. Today's word of God. May we understand. May we incline our ears to hear what you have to say to us. By the two parables. The parable of the, parable of the light the parable of the seed. Lord, we want the light to shine in our lives, your light, your word. We want the seed to grow in our lives, in our church. The seed is the life of God. And we pray and come all who are here today because everyone here is drawn by you to come today. It's precious in your sight. So we come all in this congregation to the throne of grace. You continue to cause us to grow. You continue to attract us to the light, to walk close to you, to have big measure for your gospel, for your mercy, for your love. 
And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.